children are pure. The way that they learn Torah is pure, and that teaches us about the purity of the essence of our own being. As we shall see from a pretty well-known midrash about where you start the education of children. Isaba Medrash, the Medrash tells us, Why is it that we begin to teach young, young children from Vayikra, instead of starting a Bereshis? It's because children are pure. And Karbonos are pure. So it's appropriate that pure beings, pure people, engage with pure topics. So what does that mean that carbonus are pure? Ma pirush vahakarbonus tohirin. So yesh mefarshim, someone explain. The hainal, what it means is shakarbonus boim betar avalaibetuma. That in order to bring a carbon, the individual bringing the carbon and the circumstances all have to be pure and not engage with impurity. That's one explanation. Vahainal mefarshim shakarbonus metarim esodam inachet. And an alternative commentary is that carbonus purify a person who has sinned. The only thing is, neither one of these explanations actually seems to reflect what the Medrash is saying. Because the fact that the Medrash says carbonos are pure, that implies that the adjective pure belongs to the carbonos, not to what the carbonos do for us or the circumstances under which we bring the carbonos. Rather, it sounds like the Medrash is saying the carbonos are pure, not that the people bringing the carbon have to be pure. And on the other hand, and if you are going to try and explain literally that the Medrash is referring to the Karbonus and telling us that they have to be pure, that they be pure that's also unclear. There's no halachic requirement for a carbon to be pure. In order for a carbon to qualify, it has to be free of blemish and it has to be the best animal that you could find. But there's no way in halacha that requires that an animal is pure in order to be brought as a carbon. Why then does the Medrash call the carbonos tahorin? Okay, so maybe there's a way to explain this, and that is by saying, when the Medrash here refers to carbonos being pure, it's actually not talking about the carbonos that we're familiar with, but rather, but rather, as the Gemara's Vachim tells us about the nature of carbonos before the Torah was given, where at that time, everything was suitable to bring as a carbon, whether it be animal, wild animal, or bird, male or female, to me mean ubale mumin whether they were free of blemished or blemished, but they all had to be tohoirin avalotimain, they had to be in a state of tahara. Ah, so before Matan Torah, the Karbonos then did have a geda, they had an alachic requirement to be pure. Before Matan Torah, what defined an animal as suitable to bring as a carbon is specifically purity. Maybe that's what the, car, what the Medrash is talking about. And you'll say, why would the Medrash be speaking about carbonus before Matan Torah? Because there's something about a carbon before Matan Torah which is similar to a child who's before their personal Matan Torah. So the link between the connection to our concept that we're discussing in this message about children and the carbonus before Matan Torah because we're talking about little kids who are underage who do not yet have a requirement to bring carbonus for anything that's very similar to carbonus before Matan Torah before there was any requirement for any person to bring a carbon maybe that's the link 
just like carbonates before matter before there was a requirement to bring carbonates they had to be pure so if we're talking about children who are not yet required to do mitzvahs we're talking about purity maybe that's the explanation Truth is, it's really difficult to say that that is the explanation. Let's remember that the Medrash is saying the link of purity in children to the purity of Karbonos is given as a reason why the first thing we teach children is the beginning of Vayikra about Karbonos. Now Vayikra is talking about the Karbonos that are relevant after the giving of the Torah. In fact, this is where the instructions after Matan Torah to bring Karbonos are found. It really doesn't seem to make any sense to be linking children in the context of them learning about Karbonos post-Matan Torah and saying that the purity links them to Karbonos pre-Matan Torah. It doesn't make sense. Okay, so to understand this, we're going to see another source, another major that brings the same teaching with an additional angle. So this teaching is also brought in Medrash Tanchoma. After which the Medrash continues. Therefore the Ebishter says, I'll consider it for them, these children. As if they, by learning about the Karbonis, are bringing the Karbonis. That teaches us. Even though the base of Magdash has been destroyed, currently we don't actually bring Karbonis. Were it not for these little children who start off their education by reading the sections that speak about Karbonis, without them, the world would be unsustainable. Now, this is very strange because let's go further in the Medrash Tanchoma and look what it says. Therefore, Hashem says to the Jewish people, Bonai, my children, if all of you engage in learning about the details of the Karbonois, I will consider it as if you brought a Karbon. I know, in other words, the Medrash Tanchoma is telling us, any Jewish person who studies the parish of Karbonis, not only children, they just says, I'll consider it as if you actually brought a Karbon. So now, how do you reconcile the first and the second part of the Medrash? Because the first part of the Medrash says that were it not for the children learning about Karbonos, the world would not sustain. And then afterwards you say, but anybody who learns about Karbonos, Hashem considers it as if you've brought a Karbon. So therefore we're going to have to conclude that when we're talking about learning about Karbonos, which replaces in our modern context, the bringing of there's a major advantage when it is children who are reading about Karbonos in Vayikra over any other person who's learning about Karbonos. It's only the children who really do it in the most pristine way, which guarantees the sustainability of the world. And we need to understand well, what is it the children are doing when they learn about the Karbonos that you and I are not doing. So to understand that, so let's go back to what we learned earlier from the Gemara about the nature of Karbonus before the Torah was given. Because we learned that it was possible before the giving of the Torah to bring a carbon from all kinds of kosher animals, not only the ones that are the goat, the sheep, and the, the bull, which are 
you know, reserved for the base Hamikdash. And Kidalfinim Inoch Shenema Bei Mikol Habahim Ahatohira. And in fact, the Gemara learns it from the fact that the Eibushter instructed Noach that he could bring from any kosher animal onto the table. He'd bring extras, and the implication was to use them as carbonos. So now the Gemara has a question. The Gemara has raised, raised this point and asks a question. Was there a concept of a kosher animal in those days? That from all the kosher animals, you, you're going to bring extra so that you could use them for carbonis. And the Chiddush is that you could use any kosher animal as a carbon. Hang on a second. What's a kosher animal before the Torah was given? So the Gemara answers, the category, the designation of something being pure in Noyach's times was, that means any animal which would, in the future, after the giving of the Torah, be considered kosher. That's the particular version of the Gemara we are referring to. You'll recognize this from Rashi's commentary in Parashas Noyach. In other words, the carbonus that Noach brought, which was very obviously before the giving of the Torah, there's an incredible paradox. Because on the one hand, when Noach brought a carbon, it was not a mitzvah. Nobody had instructed him, you should bring carbonus. Even if Hashem hinted by saying, take extra kosher animals, he didn't tell him to bring carbonus. And there certainly was not the mitzvah as, as there is after the Torah. Especially when you consider that Noach was not like the Avos. We don't have a record that Noach kept Torah and mitzvahs prior to Matan Torah. So when he brought a carbon, so he brought a carbon in the same context as various other times in history, including before the Torah was given, where human beings, like for example, brought carbonus for various reasons because of how they felt. Like Cain wanted to bring a carbon to Hashem, Adam wanted to bring a carbon to Hashem, not because he was instructed, not because it's a mitzvah. So on the one hand, Noyach's carbon is not a mitzvah. On the other hand, the fact that Noach could only use as his carbon an animal that in the future would be designated as kosher, that proves that even though technically in Noach's world there really is no difference between a kosher and a non-kosher animal, as we've already noted from the Gemara before, was there even the concept of a kosher or non-kosher animal then? Still, even though it wasn't part of the reality at that time, the awareness, sorry, I skipped a line, kosher and non-kosher in regards to what you may or may not eat did not exist in the time of Noach. Was there any other distinction between kosher and non-kosher? But the principle that there's a designation, even if that designation will only be relevant in the future after the giving of the Torah, but that you can designate a certain animal as kosher, there was, Noyach had awareness of that. And in other words, that shows that already in Noyach's times, there was the beginnings of what would eventually become the parameters of Torah. Even though the Torah hadn't yet been given. Not only had the Torah not been given, but this is af man This is even before you have Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, who lived a life that was aligned already with as if the Torah had been given. As we know, they kept all the mitzvahs. 
So in spite of the fact that it's not post-Matan Torah, it's not even in the era of people who keep the mitzvahs of Matan Torah, but still Noach has an awareness of the designation that will occur in the future, and therefore he only brings carbonus from kosher animals, meaning animals that will in the future be known to be kosher. Now, out of all the different aspects of Jewish life and of Torah, the only place where we find that Noach has any link to anything to do with how life would be after the Matan Torah is only in the context of Karbonus. Yes, we could say, must be because the principle of a Karbon has relevance even before the Torah has been given. And the, the, the parameters of what makes a, a carbon kosher are already relevant before the Torah is given. And we have to understand why. What is it about carbonos that they're already significant even before the Torah is given? Or One possible explanation is this. Carbonos, even the carbonos that are instructed in the Torah, they actually belong to a category that is unique and unlike any of the other mitzvahs. Spite of the fact that the Korbanos are included in the 613 mitzvahs, the impact of those Korbanos, which of course then reflects on the essence, character of those Korbanos, Korbanos are beyond the parameters of Torah and mitzvahs. How do we know that? Because Korbanos have the capacity to atone or to complete things that were missing in Torah mitzvah. So you can't be in a system and fix the system. You have to be greater than the system to fix the system. So the fact that Korbanus could fix up the mistakes in the system of Torah mitzvah that we make, that indicates that Korbanus are beyond the system. Let's put that into different words. When a Jew brings a Korban, what is the implication? What is the, what is the intention of bringing a Korban? So what is the purpose of bringing a carbon To show that I want to come close to Hashem. Because I have a connection to Hashem. And that connection is intrinsic because I'm Jewish. That connection is not contingent on doing Torah mitzvahs, so it doesn't become more connection if I do more mitzvahs or less connection if I do less mitzvahs. Just like I don't create my bond with Hashem through behavior, through the observance of Torah mitzvahs, so I cannot damage that connection by lack of Torah mitzvahs. Why is that? Because the innate connection between myself as a Jewish person and Hashem is something greater than Torah and mitzvahs can affect. When I bring a korban, I illustrate that connection. Korban from the Lashem, koroiv. It's what the Gemara tells us based on the Pasuk. The Pasuk is, says, you're my children. Says the Gemara, that even if the Jewish people sin, we're still his children. You don't change your DNA just because you had a fallout with your parents. And that's why Korbanus have the power to atone for Averis. If God forbid a Jewish person transgresses what Hashem wants, and therefore, that then damages the union between that Jewish person and Hashem 
which is created through Torah mitzvah. So because the person didn't do the mitzvah or didn't have error, they've damaged that level of connection. How does the person fix it? Well, one of the ways is to bring a carbon. And what does the carbon do? Bringing that carbon arouses within the Jewish person and reveals outwardly that there is an intrinsic connection between me and Hashem that could not be damaged. And it's that intrinsic connection that, in, that atones for washes away the blemishes of the Avera. So what is a carbon? It is a statement of the deep-seated connection that we have to Hashem that can never be unseated. So that's actually going to give us a whole different dimension of understanding and appreciating carbonos. Because it will also address a question we may have. What's the question? How is it logical that out of all the things that are going to really connect us to Hashem, it should be something which is so physical? And even, dare we say, brutal. How does it make sense? That we have Torah, Avoidah, and Geminus Chasodim. So one of the three major channels of connection between us and Hashem, the channel of Avoidah, should be Karbonos. Well, how could that be? That one of the main elements of being Jewish is to bring Karbonos. To, to slaughter an animal. And bring it onto Mizbech. It seems so physical. Almost, shall we say, similar to some of the other pagan practices, surely it would have been more suitable to have avoid a ruchnis, some kind of a spiritual mode of connection, avoid a shabalev, some kind of heartfelt, meaningful, meditative connection. Surely that would exhibit a connection between us and Hashem that is far more obvious than by slaughtering an animal and putting it on a misbeach. Oh, but Fred, especially when you consider that carbonos are not limited only to the Jewish people. Because Judaism actually allows non-Jewish people to bring carbonos to even in our Beis Amigdash. So it doesn't seem like carbonos show this uniqueness of our relationship with Hashem because they're open to others. And they don't seem to illustrate a very soulful connection because it's so tangible and mundane. But it's actually based on what we've said, that a carbon is something which is beyond the system and beyond the level of connection that Torah mitzvahs can create or our various can damage. That actually doesn't only explain it, it says that's, this is exactly the reason we need something that doesn't appear to fit the system to illustrate how deep our connection is. Because the innate connection that we have to Hashem, is so deep and so profound that it is completely beyond a connection that could be built through Torah and mitzvahs. Why do we have this very deep essence connection to Hashem? Not because of anything we've done, but because David chose us. And choosing doesn't necessarily have to fit a rational explanation. Even though, as the Pasuk says, Yaakov and Esav are brothers, which implies that there's a certain similarity between them. They chooses to ignore the similarities and say, I choose Yaakov to be special. To illustrate that specialness, the carbon is the best way to do so. Why? 
Because when you observe a carbon from the outside, when you observe it superficially, it doesn't illustrate any great spiritual connection or great spiritual contribution of the Jewish people. And it doesn't illustrate something that is uniquely Jewish that nobody else could participate in. But what is unique about a carbon, and you can't see this superficially, and you really have to meditate and contemplate deeply to understand it, is that a carbon illustrates that yes, the rest of the world could do the same, but I still choose the way the Jews are going to do it because I have this unique connection to the Jewish people. As the Alter Rebbe tells us that when Hashem chose the Jewish people, He specifically chose our physical side. The part of us that appears outwardly identical to the human form of every other person on the planet. Now with that information, understanding that a carbon is so profound and illustrates the essence of connection between the essence of our soul and Hashem, that will help us to understand why the carbonus that Noyach brought, even though it was not instructed by Hashem and it was before the concept of, of the Torah, had to be linked to Torah. Where he had to select animals that would in the future be designated as carbonus. Why is that? Because why did Noach bring Karbonos? Well, on the face of it, because his life had been saved, which is true. Why did Noach bring the Karbonos? To thank the for saving him. Where we say in our davening Rosh Hashanah that the remembered Noach and all the animals, etc. So the Rebbe Rashab in Hemshachayim Beis explains Hadu Habir Bozeh Shaposuk Vayizker Kemes Noach Hu Echad Mipsuke Hazichrenes and Emorim B'Mosuf Terei Shashana. So there's a real, really important question. Noach is not Jewish. Rosh Hashanah is a time where we, as the Jewish people, come to Hashem to say, "Remember us in a positive light." Why do we quote a pasuk that has to do with Noach on Rosh Hashanah? And Yishinian Vayizker Kemes Noach which somehow implies that speaking about Hashem remembering Noach and the animals is part of the requirement on Rosh Hashanah that we should do and say things that evoke a positive memory, so to speak, for Hashem of us. It's not of us, it's of Noach. So Rashab explains, Why did Hashem remember and save Noach? Because out of Noach's descendants, would come Neshamas Yisrael. And because Abishta loves Neshamas Yisrael and there's this essence connection, that's why he saves Noach. That's why we don't just say that you remembered Noach, but you remembered Noach with love, not love for Noach. It's because Abishta has this essential love for the Neshamas of Yidin. And in order to have Neshamas of Yidin, Noach has to survive. That's why Noach is saved. So that illustrates for us even though Noach is before the Torah which is the time at which Hashem chose and designated us as His special nation. Not only is Noach before Matan Torah but he's not yet even at the stage of the Avos who were of course the beginnings of what would become the Jewish nation that's why they're called forefathers despite the fact that Noach seems to be so spiritually detached from our world, 
actually has a connection to the Nishamas of Yidden. The connection is such that it's the love of Nishamas Yisrael that causes Hashem to remember and save Noach and everybody on his floating zoo. Now, the next thing that happens after Noach is aware of the fact that Abishta loves Neshama Yisrael and therefore saved him, then he brings a carbon, and that carbon is to acknowledge the fact that Hashem remembered, remembered him, and to be grateful for his salvation. That carbon must be linked to the Jewish people or the nature of what would happen to the Jewish people after Torah. That's why the animals have to be kosher animals. Now with that we can go back to what the Medrash says in Torah's Kohanim. Where it says children are tohor and karbonos appear. Why? Because the Medrash is speaking of this point. That even prior to the giving of the Torah, when karbonos were brought, they had to have an attachment to the karbonos after the giving of the Torah, that attachment would be to Horin that could only use animals which would later be designated as kosher. And because, as we've mentioned, that the real intention of Karbonis is to reveal the essence love of Hashem to us. Which is way beyond the love that Hashem has for us through or because of Torah. Where do we see that love expressed most profoundly? You see it expressed in Karbonos, and in a certain regard, even most clearly in the Karbonos Noyach brought before Matan Torah. Because this is a Karbon. Remember, Karbon means something that illustrates our closeness to Hashem, but it hasn't yet been instructed. So it's not a Karbon within the framework of Torah to show that this is a closeness to Hashem that precedes and transcends the closeness Torah can create. Whereas after the Torah has been given, then what is most obvious about a carbon is I'm fulfilling Hashem's instruction, a mitzvah. Which means the carbon is after the giving of the Torah. Don't illustrate as clearly to us that a carbon is fundamentally beyond the system of Torah. With all of that information, let's come back to what the Midrash told us about the uniqueness of children and their purity, and therefore they link to the purity of Karbonis. Now we can understand why the Midrash tells us the first thing we should teach children is so that pure individuals engage with the pure section of Torah. Now in order to understand this, we're going to look at three possible stages of history that reflect three possible stages of a child's development. Let's talk about the three stages of Jewish history in broad terms. Aleph, the most recent stage, the one we relate to the most, is since the giving of the Torah. From when Jewish people committed to follow Torah mitzvahs as Hashem's instruction. Prior to that, there was another period before that, that Mizman Nitno, you had the period from Avram Avinu until the giving of the Torah, where there were Jewish people led by Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov to fulfill all of the mitzvahs, even though they were not yet given and instructed. And then there's a period that precedes even that, that is Mizman Noyach, the time of Noyach, who only has a tenuous connection to the Torah. At least what he has is the designation of certain animals being considered kosher and others not being considered kosher. And that's effectively as deep as his connection goes.
We could say that every human, every, every Jewish person goes through three similar stages. Aleph, again, we'll work from the most, so to speak, developed stage backwards. There's a stage after a child becomes an adult. When is mitzvah mitzvah? That's when the person is, is chayev to fulfill mitzvahs. That's like after Matan Torah. Beis is a period before that which is similar to the others. When the child is old enough that they need formal education. And therefore, that's where a child starts to do Torah mitzvahs as a preparation for when he will be an adult, like the others started to keep the mitzvahs in anticipation of Matan Torah. And then Gimel, there's a pre-stage, even before the child is old enough for formal education, when the child is too young to be expected to keep Torah and uh, to keep mitzvahs and learn Torah. Even though the child is so young, because it's a Jewish child, the child has a connection to Torah. Not only does the child have a tenuous connection to Torah, like Noach's tenuous connection, the child was given the Torah. But Torah Yerusha, as his inheritance, as the Pesach says, the significance of inheritance is, even if a child is one day old, they inherit everything that is bequeathed to them. And therefore, from day dot, the child has a very deep, meaningful connection to Torah. Now, let's think how profound this is. When you have a child who's so young that they haven't started their formal education, before they actually start of their own accord to engage in the observance of Torah So all you see about this child is the value of the essence of the fact that he's Jewish. You don't yet see the value of what he's doing or learning. You just see Jewish. That's the value. That its essence, love that Hashem has for every Jewish person, is most expressed when the child is so young because you can't be misled into thinking that Hashem loves the child because of what he's learned or because of what he's done because he hasn't learned or done yet. So why does Hashem love him? Because Hashem loves every Jew at their essence. That's what the Medrash is telling us. Let those who are pure come and study the part of Torah that is pure. Because the purpose of Karbonus, as we've already learned, is to express and to arouse Hashem's essence love to the Jewish people. Which is far beyond the love that may be generated because we learn Torah and do mitzvahs. This deep-seated essence love is so powerful that it can even allow atonement for when we didn't do Torah mitzvahs. So that's the part of um, of um, of Torah that is absolutely pure. Karbonus is a part of Judaism that is absolutely pure. Because they belong to or at least access a dimension that impurity could never reach and could never contaminate. Who do we want to engage with that part of Judaism that is so absolutely pure? Children who are absolutely pure. We want children who are absolutely pure to create the access to this part of Judaism that is absolutely pure. As the Tanchoma explains, these are children who don't know yet what it is to sin. It's not, it's not on their radar. It's not part of their reality. Why? Because 
they are at a stage where their entire reality is the essence of Hashem's love for the Jewish people. And that's why we can explain that this uniqueness of these pure children learning the section of Torah that speaks about Korbanas that are pure, which is Akriya Bataras Kahanimali Deitinah, because they're not even learning, they're actually just reading the words, maybe even just the letters of those words, because it's the beginning of their education. And yet, that guarantees the sustainability of the world. How is that possible? When we as adults learn about Korbanus, it's not action. When we learn about Korbanus, we're invoking our minds and we're using the power of speech. The thought process is the meditation of davening, which we know davening corresponds to Korbanus. And Dibur is when we learn Torah, because when we learn Torah, we're supposed to verbalize what we learn. So that's how we speak about the Karbonas. The purpose of thought is to allow our intellect expression. The purpose of speech is to allow our emotions expression. So, when you have the words that you're thinking or the words that you're saying, the words are not the main thing. The main thing is what they're conveying, the feelings that they're conveying or the thoughts that they're conveying. So, therefore, when an adult is either davening or learning, what we are experiencing by davening or learning or what others experience when they watch us davening or learning is an expression of intellect or and or feelings. You don't really see that the value is the essence of who we are. No, you see the value is wow. The, the value is wow. Look how deeply this person meditates when they're davening, or look how much they can teach when they're learning. Whereas, but when you have little little children who are reading Vayikra, especially when you consider this is the first thing we're teaching them. Because we're right at the beginning of the learning process of a very young child who's not yet old enough for formal education. They don't yet have the maturity to really understand what they're learning. As we see what we do practically in our minag. That first time that we teach when a child is three years old that they are in French and we show them words in Vayikra and then when they actually get to school, we teach them from a different perspective because now they have the ability to understand. So we approach things differently. Each place has its customs. So how does a child learn when they're this little, little child learning Vayikra? They just read the words. You say a word, they repeat it. That tells you that the focus of here is not the content, but rather the fact that their lips move. It's not machshava, it's not deep intellectual processing, it's not dibru, which expresses mature emotions, it's just going through the motions. That is what arouses Hashem's essence love. As we already said before, because what did David choose as his? The human body, the Jewish body. And here the body is at work, not the mind, not the heart. 